0: everyone welcome back to another episode of lab talks i'm very pleased to be joined by my two co-founders Charlie and chandrew Welcome, on boys Hi. hello we wanted to as we approach the end of a quarter just give you all updates on what we've been up to it's been a very very busy quarter and i think what i'd like to do is start with the um, ads explorer so we launched that when did we launch that six months ago months ago
1: it was the beginning of uh, feb beginning of, of february,
0: february. Feb. so five months ago four months ago, maths um <laughs> in the first four months of the ledger existing we hit a million snapshots since that point this month in 25 days we've hit seven hundred thousand snapshots so there's been a significant increase in the number of snapshots that are being registered on the ledger the reason for that is because we have been talking to a lot of the businesses that will use the exchange in the future and have been quite successful in doing so. So we have two very large publishers that have joined the network. One publishes very, two very famous news titles. Another is a very, very large regional publisher, which really is the reason for these snapshots increasing. There are more bid requests coming through the exchange. They don't really mean anything unless you have advertisers that are looking to bid on those snapshots. So on the other side of the business, the demand side of the business, we've had a significant improvement there as well. So we had two new people join the team. They have a very storied experience in dealing with the large media agencies of the world. So the WPPs, the IPG media groups to help us spread the word about alchemy, let advertisers know the savings and the transparency and the reduction in emissions that can be achieved using the exchange And I think the last time I checked, we had over a million and a half dollars worth of briefs that have come in. And for anyone that's not familiar, the way it works with media agencies is you will tell them about the product. They will brief you on an upcoming campaign. We then put forward a proposal. If we're then successful, we then win the budget. And then that will deliver across the exchange itself. So, yeah, that has been, I think, very, very good for us to see as a business is that there are there is rather product market fit we are solving a lot of the issues in the industry and that is being reflected in the increase in snapshots and kind of the, the burgeoning pipeline of advertisers that are looking to access it. And I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on that because I haven't shown up yet.
2: Yeah, just doing this uh, great real-world application for uh, blockchain, really. I'm, I'm not sure of many other businesses that have uh, real customers from, uh, you know, traditional businesses actually using their products. So I think it uh, might be one of the first. So that's great news. It.
1: Yeah, um, it... Um, I've been speaking to quite a lot of uh, uh, supply and publisher side uh, partners at various events. And uh, the Ads Explorer has actually allowed us to show and tell. Uh, I know this is something that we always talk about. It's always best to show and tell rather than just tell people this is what we've been doing. And uh, uh, it, it it has been amazing looking at the reactions of people, uh, our potential partners, when they look at the Ads Explorer and see, okay, so this is what... Um, the ads ledger looks like. This is the transparency that uh, you guys are talking about. This is the data set that we've never had access to before. And when we have access to that data, there's so much that we can do about it. And the penny drops there. And I think that is the effect that we wanted to drive across with the Ads Explorer. When we started the, the Ads on Labs project, it was more an in-house project where, you know, um, the publisher was Alchemy Labs website. Mm-hmm. The, the advertisers or the brands that we were um, advertising on Alchemy Labs were uh, brands like Alchemy, uh, uh, Alchemy Exchange, the agency, and then we started expanding that. Um, so all of that started very small. But the effect that the ads Explorer has had on the market on our partners is is something that uh, I think uh, what has been amazing you know it's it's very, very good feedback that we've uh, we've got.
2: Yeah, I think the same goes as well for the uh, reporting platform as well. I think that you know, having used a lot of programmatic platforms and and the reporting tools in them are pretty weak to be honest. Um, I think that was the other thing that I found very interesting is like a lot of people. When you show them that data they're like "Okay, I don't even get half of this data uh, from my current supplier So we're providing something you know more efficient and you know more data Which can inform better decision making as well, which is you know the whole point of what we're trying to do really yeah, and I think that the being able to show
0: um, These advertisers and publishers what the reporting looks like has been a significant gear shift in their understanding I think when we were speaking to people originally When you talk about blockchain, there was definitely a lot of people that lent in, perhaps people that were interested in blockchain in their own time. But now that has come on a long way. I mean, blockchain, crypto, Web3 is probably in the news every single day for good and bad reasons at some points. But um, being able to kind of show an application of it to people that work in advertising that perhaps didn't think there was any good solution to actually see them, you can kind of see the light bulb switch on on their above their head you know it's like okay, i've been looking for this information i didn't know this was possible to achieve how have you done this and it's meant that kind of the conversations have stepped up a level where it's much more real they can almost touch it now and that has been significant in the adoption of alchemy exchange over the last three months or so compared to kind of even this time last year
2: right yeah i think as well um the exchange wire piece that we did had like a really big effect on that, you know, having our name on it, but also I think exchange wire said it was the most successful, um, bit of content that they produced in a very, very mm-hmm. long time. So everybody in the industry read it. Um, it's about web three. Yeah. Um, so it was very educational, but, um, obviously we were the thought leader on that. So every time our name is now mentioned, people associate us with that. So I think that actually had like a really big effect on, uh, people's view of what web three is, like how they can use it. Um, and yeah, kind of gave them a deeper understanding of what we're trying to achieve as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, talking about the reporting dashboards, um, we are now um, trying to target everybody across the board and show them the power of the exchange. Um, we we speak about the specifics of uh, how the solution works. We speak about what benefits it, uh, it provides. But one of the key things that uh, we wanted to prove to everybody in the industry was how is that data valuable to people? How can they actually derive intelligent information out of it? How do they modify their um, bidding strategies? How do they uh, make more money? How do they spend less? How do they get more bang for the buck? And the reporting dashboards were designed exactly to address that point. Data on the ledger, data uh, in CSV files, um, to a certain extent, people have had access to some sets. Which is just boring, you know. Mm-hmm. Data is generally looked at as boring, as if if it is not translated into interesting statistics, into graphs, into uh, intelligent pieces of information that can save you cash, that can make you more money, um, and that is exactly what the reporting dashboards do. When when we showed those dashboards to to people, to to our partners, uh, and I know uh, you're going to talk about Can uh, in, in a in a few minutes, but uh, you know when 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 we did uh, show those dashboards, people actually got to see what was the difference between a bid response that was submitted by an agency and the winning response? That was the penny drop moment for for quite a lot of people. And they were like, okay, so now I know how I have to change my bidding strategy at any point in day in order to win more bids, in order to actually reach the kind of people that are likely to buy my product. And that is a big win for the demand side. 100%, 100%, yeah. I think that,
0: uh, before I go on to that, let's introduce the Cannes Lions Festival, which is uh, it's in the south of France, in Cannes, as the name suggests. And what that is, for those of you that aren't aware, is that the kind of entire $700 billion ad industry shows up en masse for a week, and there is everything from creative agencies that are hoping that their campaign wins a Grand Prix for excellence in ad campaigns, to... All of the tech providers that make those ad campaigns happen, to the publishers that provide the venues for those ads to be shown, it really is a sight to behold. I think probably I would say at least fifty thousand people show up to the south of France. So it's you can feel the infrastructure creaking, but it really is a very important event um, in the calendar. I think you get a lot of businesses from America come over, which us in the UK is very great for us to get access to what are the enormous ad budgets in America. But also, I think probably collectively the team did, what, 500 meetings between us, so it's, it's pretty brutal, I have to say. It was also quite fun, but it is brutal in terms of the amount of people that you're speaking to, the chances you get to pitch, and really telling as many people as possible. And one thing that I noticed, I don't know if you guys did as well, is that compared to when we were there last year, a lot more people were a, aware of the impact that blockchain can have on their ad buying or ad selling but also that alchemy was one of the names attached to that and people were aware of what we were doing and our vision and the missions that we were trying to achieve in the market. So I that was a very proud moment for me to kind of move on from last year and shout out to the marketing team for doing a very good job in kind of pushing the, pushing the message out there. But um, yeah, it was fantastic. And I think a Twitter thread a couple of days ago, but some of the key themes were kind of the application of blockchain to buying and selling of ads. The implications of AI to buying and selling and ads and really after Greenpeace showed up last year, kind of the impact that advertising has on the amount of emissions that are produced. I think there's some insane stat that online ads produce something like 4% of the emissions globally with carbon and the airline industry produces 3 So it's definitely something that is very high on the priority list for advertisers, technology providers, publishers, the production agencies, the creative agencies. And I think, without wanting to go too much into the technical side of things, with the way in which we have used the distributed network of nodes, and those nodes contributing to a ledger, we really are reducing the number of hops between servers, and servers are... The bad actors if you will in terms of producing emissions because every partner that sits between the buyer and the seller is having to repeat the same process literally just to produce a report which then can be compared against other reports at the end of the month to figure out who owes what to who who attributed the last click to a particular campaign so by having a network of nodes that are contributing to a ledger in effect, you solve that issue, right? You, you, Everyone is maintaining one ledger rather than multiple parties maintaining their own ledger reporting database, whatever you want to call it, and comparing those at the end of every month, every quarter, every year, which even describing it is very ine- inefficient. The actual process of implementing that is crazy. I think media agencies still have a week every month that is dedicated to reporting, reconciling reports, and you can imagine what that does to... The potential productivity of an agency over the course of a the year. Maybe their whole quarter is spent comparing reports, which, when you have a ledger like the ads ledger, disappears. That happens in real time. People can query that ledger and people know who did what, where they did what, which ad was bought, which ad was sold, how it performed without that repetition of processing um, that takes place in the existing centralized systems.
2: Yeah I mean it was uh, definitely a slog I'm sporting my can cold this week so sorry if I sound a bit nasal but um, yeah I mean the step change in uh, the perception of us in market was wild Um, I think as well when you say to people look the headline figure is we're charging three percent versus whatever it is you're paying currently Um, I think most people just think uh, they're like where's the catch like why are you lying (laughs) rather than and it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome right it's like this is the way it's always been done. Um, therefore, it must be correct. And if you're trying to do something different and a lot better, then people instantly um, think that there must be some other trapdoor somewhere <laughs> rather than just thinking that you're trying to create a fair value exchange, which is what obviously what we're aiming for.
1: Very true. Um, I, was, I was attending uh, quite a few um, panels on uh, um, reducing carbon emissions in the ad industry uh, while it can. And um, some of the key points that were highlighted were Reducing the number of hops, transactional transparency, reducing um, the amount of emissions on each ad that is being rendered or each impression that is being created, uh, reducing the number of um, ads that need to be shown to a user in order to uh, create a sale, all of which were tick boxes on our sales deck.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, And so, you know, uh, quite a lot of these questions have been answered. On our white paper, quite a lot of this have been proven on um, our MVP product, which is also on the Ads Explorer. Uh, the reporting dashboard show how the 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 bidding strategy can work in order to create a more efficient means. How Alchemy Exchange can reduce the number of hops. All of this has been proven in the MVP. So going forward, what we will Concentrate on is to build a more uh, robust or a more uh, uh, extensive uh, set of reports and dashboards that we can show to publishers and supply uh, uh, publishers and and demand side partners as to how much of energy is actually being expended on a daily basis in order to show X number of ads for a publisher or how many ads does the publisher need to show in order to hit a certain revenue target yep. or as compared to a legacy exchange. Um, How many ads less do you have to show in order to actually achieve the same kind of impressions or revenue or uh, whatever other metric it is? So these are uh, clearly data that we we have access to and will be showing uh, in in terms of dashboards to to our uh, publishers and demand side partners.
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh we've been going at this for a couple of years now, so it's it's really nice to see the rest of the market catch up with us. I think I think there's uh probably some other future companies waiting in the wings, but they'll probably only just be getting started. So I really think we've yeah. got like a massive head start on everybody in the industry because we understand blockchain better. We are, you know, crypto native natives as it were. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um I think so, yeah. To summarize, it was a very busy week a very good week and felt like a little bit of a watershed moment um, for Alchemy and its product market fit and adoption in market. So now we are coming to the end of this quarter. We've been running a quarterly staking pool that will be coming to an end and it will be the last staking pool that we're running. Um, We will go into some more details about that and really we created the the staking pool to kind of show how the exchange will work in the future, right? Being rewarded for ad transactions that are taking place. The reason for sunsetting that is because we are in a position where we will be rolling out our nodes. So I won't get ahead of myself. I can see the sheet, and I'm going to jump into point four. I shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. Um, Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we would firstly like to thank everyone that staked. It's kind of great. We've had some pretty. Crazy numbers that have been put up over the kind of staking periods that we have run. Um, so thank you for Getting behind the project believing what it is that we're doing um and yeah, I think The impact of staking has really been as we were as was saying is kind of preparing for the node management side of things kind of taking that staking on a level to actually providing bandwidth and functionality to the distributed network that we're creating and I don't know if you want to talk a bit more about that Charlie or Chandru.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, w- everything happens in steps. Um, so the the platform was built. We need to check it was robust before it was really live with the whole uh, network and exchange. So all of those pieces have now come together um, to, to create is going to be the future of alchemy um so yeah all of the staking that has happened so far has been like wild to see that everybody has been so excited about it and got involved um that those will change into the things that we said we were going to do in the white paper which is even more exciting
1: absolutely um and um you know it's 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 uh it is but uh um Right for us to move to node management because, say, you know, let's just I move think to node uh, management. that's the exciting yes, stuff, right? Um, because, you know, I think uh, um, soft staking was there for a reason. And I think that has, we've achieved that reason. But now we are at that point where we want to uh, onboard as many supply demand side partners as we can. We want to ensure that all of our uh, token holders become part of that value exchange. We want to ensure that people who meet a certain criteria Are able to run nodes and then be rewarded for running the nodes and becoming part of that uh, alchemy exchange decentralized ad exchange project so all of which is the next step so this is moving into uh, stage two of uh, our ad operations exactly that and i think staking
0: pools in their current iteration will disappear but we do have plans excuse me for Effectively liquidity pools, right? There is a, an, a finite number of nodes. Unfortunately, not everyone will be able to have a node, but um, we will talk about the process by which we will make that very fair shortly, and we will move towards more of a liquidity pool-based model, which is going to use that USD generated from the fees that advertisers to create to reward those of you that can't get a node for staking the ads in the liquidity pool, kind of moving towards that kind of route rather than kind of just a straight ads-to-ads staking pool.
2: Yeah, I think there was a uh, you know is always part of the original white paper. It might yeah, not true. take exactly the same form as it was in that, but there was always a bandwidth pool and an access pool. Um, so that is effectively nodes and liquidity. So. What we're building now is going to reflect those two pools uh, that we had originally stated so if you don't get the chance to run a node it's not the end of the world Um, the liquidity pools will also generate revenue um, in the same way that the nodes will so it's um, every every part of the network is important because it all feeds into that network effect and getting that flywheel going exactly right
0: and i think if you look at the increase in the number of snapshots we've seen that will continue to grow exponentially as more of these partners join the network, as more advertisers use the network. So that equals more nodes, more bandwidth, kind of distributed bandwidth around the world as we kind of get more people in more markets that are joining. We need to be able to support ad transactions that can originate from anywhere. You know, you can live in the UK, you can read your favourite website in the UK, then you might go on holiday and then you still want to read your favourite UK-based website, but that ad request might originate in Southeast Asia or Australia or the West Coast of America. You know, we have no control over that, but still want to be able to surface those ad requests, capture as much advertiser revenue as possible, which equals then more fees to be inputted into the network to be distributed then as rewards to people that are managing those nodes. So it will be Something that we start with slowly for stability, but then we will look to increase rapidly as more and more
1: people are joining the network to buy and sell ads on the blockchain. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, um, we had spoken about this when, um, when the Ads Explorer launched, <clears throat> where we were testing up until now with what we refer to as our private testnet. And now we uh, and and we spoke about expanding that test net in order to um, achieve decentralization, bring in more um, more of our community members who can be part of the um, uh, the whole infrastructure in order to run the ad auctions, to validate ad impressions, and then become part of that value chain, um, which is what we are moving towards now. And uh, we also had spoken about the need for all of these different test nets to to coexist. We will not be sunsetting one test net when uh, we launch on the mainnet. There will be different publishers and demand side partners who have various levels of maturity, who will have various um, bespoke uh, requirements that we will need to work towards, which means some people will be on the extended private test net, some people will be on the, on, on the mainnet, and so on. So what we plan to do is now to open what was essentially uh, a node infrastructure that was centrally owned and operated by Alchemy to our community members. And as we onboard more supply and demand-side partners, we will, probably, we, we, we will, we will gradually um, uh, move those node operators or those nodes from our testnet to the mainnet, while onboarding more people, more node operators, onto the testnet. So we can look at this as different stages, not just for the publishing and uh, demand-side partners, but also for node operations. So the first tranche of uh, node operators will still be on the testnet, all of those transactions will actually uh, show up on the Ads Explorer as part of uh, um, real ads that are (coughs) being shown to users. But then that whole testnet will continue to grow. It will be done in stages. We will have the first tranche now. And then as we onboard more publishers, more demand-side partners, that community of node operators will grow. And that's the only way that can work. Yeah, I think, and
0: it's not just, I guess, new partners, but also new formats, right? Like we started yes, with absolutely. display, um, we now support video ads, there's many other ad formats, I used to work for a native ad exchange, there is different types of videos, so you have in-stream video that's played within a player, you have out-stream video, which is the video units that sit within the content, you have pre-roll, pre-roll post-roll, mid-roll, mid-roll yeah. audio ads, rich media... Um, to tv ads you know like there is a very long list of ad formats if anyone wants to read them they're on the iab which is one of our partners but as we grow support for that we want to ensure those ads have sustain- stability and that they are performing as they should before they're moved to the main net proper just to make sure that we are servicing needs for our clients as i was saying that ads are served not all at the same time some people want to target users that are leaving the office after work some people want to target users that are going to work in the morning some people want to target users at the weekend some people want to target users in parts of the world so the there's not a kind of linear level of demand that appears from advertisers it varies depending on each campaign's requirements and the joke that we always have is that the campaign requirements are quite funny. I always say that someone's looking to target left-handed doctors in London and they wonder why campaigns don't scale. It's probably because there's two <laughs> of them. Um, so, yeah, I think that is the purpose of those. They will continue to exist. But, yeah, we want to start bringing more people onto the network, supporting the network and sharing in the fees that are being generated from advertisers.
2: Yeah, this is the interesting point around the um, the sort of timing during the day of, like, activity, Uh Although people's internet browsing might happen in certain hours, there is lots and lots of functions that need to happen uh, for any business to be using a programmatic exchange. Like some of those things, like reporting, um, and all of those other bits, uh, will still need to be serviced. So uh, during downtimes, we can actually uh, use those nodes to run reports for people. All those kind of like all that good stuff that will also generate. Uh, more fees um, for various other products that we, we're offering. So it's a case of nodes are very important, but also, um, you know, the liquidity that's provided will also be very important for the network um, and being able to use that bandwidth at various times and have it scale up and down, I think is kind of the beauty of what we're doing. Um, and that's actually what makes it more efficient, um, but also will, you know, provide good value for every, every user of the network.
0: Yeah I think when you kind of think that through logically like the base level of fees is for using the exchange right but we aren't limited to that and I know there's a lot of talk at the moment around other blockchain companies that where are their fees coming from how are they generating fees and typically sometimes those fees aren't very high which like as a holder or a user of the exchange isn't then making it that attractive outside of rewards that aren't real if it were so as it were so not only are we taking fees for the usage of the exchange there'll be fees generated from reporting you know there'll be fees generated from if it's the agency running managed services so like whilst there is a baseline fee there are other fees that can be achieved which again all equals more of this 700 billion dollars off chain our entire goal is bringing as many of those dollars as possible on chain because that feeds into the way that the ecosystem works so they're the test net is key for delivering those. And then the main net is key for kind of expanding those and then running um, as they should do as a real blockchain, as it were.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. You actually um, uh, touched upon the randomness of the number of, transactions or snapshots that people can see on the Ads Explorer. That is, um, that's the reality of the situation. You know, when there is a certain campaign, and I've uh, been involved in setting up campaigns before, uh, there are only certain parts of the day that certain campaigns need to run. There are only certain locations um, that a certain campaign needs to target users on. Uh, So there's all sort of randomness that are built into a campaign in order to actually reach the people who are likely to buy the product. So it's not going to be a straight line. It will taper off as we scale the number of demand side partners and publishers and the number of bid requests and uh, responses increases. You will see that tapering off and hitting a, a average level of uh, transactions uh, uh, per second or per minute. And I say transactions are not snapshots mm. because snapshots are just a result of the number of transactions that the... Ad exchanges processing. In fact, we have uh, a new feature that uh, uh, I know one of our developers is currently uh, looking into, where uh, multiple ad transactions are going to be bundled up into a single tra- into a single snapshot. So very soon, what you will actually see on the Ads Explorer is not one snapshot per transaction, but you will have multiple ad transactions associated with a single snapshot that's making it more efficient. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole process of rolling up transactions, at transactions, into a single snapshot. So that's a feature that we currently have. And which is why I wanna just stress the fact that it's not the number of snapshots that defines the activity on the exchange going forward, it would be the number of transactions that are processed by the ad exchange and multiple transactions being rolled into a single snapshot.
0: Absolutely, because numbers that you, I mean, even the measurement of ads on the internet is a CPM, right, which is a cost per meal, which costs per thousand ads, right? So it's, if we were to have a snapshot for every single transaction, the numbers would get insane. It wouldn't be efficient as you say. And so what we are wanting to do is because of the very, very short finality window that we have to bid in an auction, deliver an ad report on what happened with that ad, if it was successful in winning that auction. We need to make sure that it remains as efficient as possible that the network can operate effectively And yeah, so look forward to seeing that I think ultimately the snapshots will increase But if you kind of as I know probably you will do look into each of those snapshots You will see multiple transactions that exist in those snapshots So it's a short-term reduction But ultimately a long-term gain in terms of what we're able to offer how we're offering it and the efficiency of the network moving forward
1: Yeah um, Should we probably also touch upon uh, some technical uh, updates on the nodes? And uh, just a recap of uh, where we are, you know, just so that, you know, we we cover that point as well. Um, I know we've uh, put this information out there um, on Twitter quite some time back. Um, But uh, as a recap, we are looking at onboarding node operators at two levels. Uh, The first level being what we refer to as the master nodes. And there is a second level which we refer to as the guardian nodes. Um, there is actually a third level called the enterprise nodes, which actually uh, handle the ad auctions, and uh, they are privy to all of the PII data from the users. And uh, for the for the simple reason that, uh, it, that there is quite a lot of PII data that is involved in the processing of uh, the enterprise nodes that have not yet been. Opened up to the community, but this is something that uh, we are looking at uh, um, uh, working with our partners, publishers, uh, and other partners who can actually spin up their own enterprise node cluster and then operate mm-hmm. them. So that that is, uh, I'll park that topic for now. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably for uh, uh, another podcast. We'll probably speak about that. But uh, the the mast nodes are what will actually um, validate the ad transactions. And uh, this uses our uh, uh, custom consensus mechanism um, where we determine the authenticity of an ad auction, where we determine whether an ad was seen by a user or not, the authenticity of the impression. And uh, this is something that we are working with different partners as well, where we can increase the scope of the custom consensus, thereby increasing the amount of um, validation that happens on an impression. So the master nodes are actually... Uh, validating quite a lot of parameters on the the uh, uh, ad, ad transaction that was conducted, and then there are the guardian nodes which actually um, uh, store the transactions on the ledger, which which is actually used to populate the ads explorer. So that being the case, uh, we are looking at onboarding uh, the the two the two different types of nodes meet two different business requirements, and they are essential for the ecosystem to run for the entire Alchemy infrastructure to run. And we are looking at um, the number of nodes that are required, both on the master node level and the guardian node level. And we will also look at, uh, uh, we are, uh, as we have communicated before, we will have different requirements for people to become node operators either on a master node or on a guardian node and specifics of what those requirements are um, i know we've already shared the collateral requirements but but there are uh, a few other things that uh, probably ben you will you will talk about uh soon uh to to uh, and and how the community can actually be rewarded Uh, but there are these two levels where we are looking to onboard node operators There will also be uh, stage two, three, four, and many more stages where we will onboard uh, more node operators as we onboard more supply and demand side partners. Yeah, and we also uh, need to have like a global network as well, right? So um,
2: the first cohort will be geolocated to Europe potentially, but... there will always be a need globally for, for nodes to be operated. So it's not just a number for a certain amount of bandwidth because that also needs to be close to the source of that, of the uh, impression being served, right? So there is kind of multiple things that will happen over the next uh, few months and so on. But, yeah, when we, when we do launch it, there is one cohort launching now, but as it scales globally, we will also need to bring in more people from different locations or at least locating their nodes there.
1: They don't that actually have to be them. from that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, since these are cloud instances, you know, a user from the UK can actually spin up a node which is located in um, somewhere in, uh, in, in India, for example, or in the US. And uh, it, it all depends on the requirements that we put up for that particular stage of um, onboarding. So if we uh, have a, a handful of users, a handful of uh, uh, publishers in the U.S. market, for example, then we will need the next tranche of nodes to be located in the U.S. so that there is very little latency. Uh, so these requirements will be put out uh, there for for potential node operators to look at, um, ensure that they plan their infrastructure, ensure that their nodes are spun up in in uh, locations that we want them to, and then uh, they they help grow grow the grow the network really.
0: Absolutely. So the we're going to be running a raffle to make it as fair as possible for people to get themselves into the first cohort of node operators. We do want to reward people that have been involved or have known about Alchemy for longer. So there will be certain multiplies on the number of tickets that you're able to get in the raffle itself, depending on whether you've held an Alchemy, Alex the Alchemist NFT or the number of staking pools that you've been a part of, or if you're following us on Twitter, but I won't, I will miss some of the requirements that we have. <laughs> so I don't want to get that wrong yeah, and annoy anyone. So we will follow up after this podcast. I think we've got information that's going to go live on the website, hopefully whilst you're listening to this, um, that will explain some of the details, the multipliers attached to different requirements or whether you've been involved or not, as it were and then we will complete that draw you'll receive your nft which allows you to access the network itself and if you don't get a node i'm sure there'll be some other prizes and rewards for people that weren't lucky this time around but perhaps will be in the future raffles that we run to kind of allow people to onboard themselves onto the network
1: absolutely and not to forget the the liquidity pools that's true yeah
2: yeah, I think it's uh it's important that everybody understands that we're running a raffle for fairness. I yeah. I don't even know if we're going to get a node, which I'm actually kind of a bit annoyed about, but you know, <laughs> in the in the uh sort of spirit of fairness and uh, then it's only only right that we should also be entering the raffle as everybody else is. Exactly, yeah. Um
0: So the other thing that you will be seeing as part of that raffle um on the lab's page is an NFT viewer. So if you have any Alchemy NFTs, they will now appear on the lab's website, give you some more information on how many additional entries into the raffle they have accrued for you, and will be involved in the node management
1: in the future. Yes, um, that's very true. Um, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, mate. Um, so the NFT viewer is uh, is there to, to allow people to see how many raffle tickets they are. Um, raffle tickets will also be NFTs. Right, And uh, based on the multipliers that Ben was talking about, you will have uh, an increased number of raffle tickets. And then more the number of raffle tickets that you have in your wallet, um, uh, the more chances of winning the the raffle. It's simple uh, raffle mechanism. Exactly that, yeah. Um, and also, um, there will be reveal processes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have... Uh, a staggered reveal of who won what when uh, when what what the what the next steps are for them to start onboarding their node Uh, all of that is information that uh, we will start putting out on alchemy labs and uh, one thing that i would like to highlight is in order for um, people to become part of the raffle mechanism they will need to go on to alchemy labs they will need to Uh, register an account in KYC because node management on Alchemy Labs will need uh, people to KYC. So Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, uh, I'd like to put on everybody's radar as well.
0: And then I think lastly, um, we've mentioned some of the additional fees that the network will be earning through services. We've kind of mentioned the liquidity pools. We are in kind of the depths of the maths on that at the moment. And in the very near future, we will be kind of, we won't kind of. We will be releasing um, the that maths for you to read to understand what your node might potentially earn, what you might earn from adding liquidity um, to the new liquidity pools, and how that liquidity is going to be onboarded on chain. So look forward to that. It's we spent a lot of time thinking about that to make sure it's as comprehensive as possible to ensure that people um, understand the project get to know what it is that we're doing the services we're offering and just the fees that are going to be generated from the alchemy exchange.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, again just uh, important to reiterate that the the stuff that's in the original white paper still in principle stands yes, but sorry, the, yeah. the kind of point of the next version of the tokenomics is to really like dr- drill down into the detail of each of those pieces so you know what the value of the ads token is across the whole network and the utility that it's providing. Um, and uh, how people who have the token can then use it and help to support the network all of those things have come out through the sort of design process over the last two years um, as well as you know the kind of better understanding of the the economics behind everything so it's it's really not completely different it's not you know going to be a shock to anybody but the the details will be very very interesting for everybody and and give people a chance to really like engage further with what we're trying to achieve and how it's actually going to work.
0: Yeah, I think really what we're doing is we're just increasing the resolution of the original white paper. Thanks mate, yeah. It's it's providing more granularity and really what we hope to inspire is that if you having read the new white paper can see that there's a chance for you to add some services provide some services you know like we're always open to speaking to people that want to interact with the network that believe they can help generate additional fees on the network that is kind of the the beauty of generative economics right if you can add value to the network you should get value in return so like yeah our telegrams are open Thomas Scoville was very good at kind of fielding those questions so if you do have any questions or any ideas let him know we'll get to them we'll speak to you um and yeah Thank you for unless you've got anything else to add. I think I'll thank you all for listening in and here's to the next two quarters.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be very exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, we're getting there. Absolutely. Um I just wanted to um give a huge shout out to everybody who's been uh, involved in the project. Um thanks for backing the project, you know. Uh we're doing everything that we can to uh, ensure that there is a fair and transparent system, uh, especially during the the node onboarding process. Uh, we want to, as as Ben was saying, you know, make it up to everybody who has participated in the staking pools in, uh, who's held a token, who's held an NFT. Um, more details coming shortly, but it's going to be a very very exciting next couple of quarters. Thank I you.
2: Think the, the only thing. Uh that we should also mention is that there's going to be a very interesting case study coming out soon, oh, yeah uh, which yeah everyone should keep an eye out for because it really shows the power of what we've built um to everybody in the market at the moment
0: yeah pack an extra pair of socks <laughs> um, so yeah thank you all for listening in um and yeah until the next one thanks everyone thank you,
2: thank you.